Your one stop for exclusive interviews. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma quarterback commit Cooper Wilcox. Cooper, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Man, really, the culture that the coaches show as soon as you walk in the doors, they make it feel like your family. They make it feel like a, a healthy environment to come and play football. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma senior H-back Dante McGee. Dante, thank you for taking time this morning to talk to me. This is honestly a once-a-lifetime thing, you know. Usually you get your five years and you're done, but you know, you get an extra year of play. I was like, you know what, I, I want to come back. I want to spend another year with these guys. Post game press conferences. I didn't really like my first read, so I was just went to playmaker mode. Game previews, recaps, brought to you by me, your host, JG Smith. You're listening to the Cho Show only on the Suave Report. The morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Show Show Podcast presented by TheSwapReport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. J.D. Smooth. Thursday night, the, the first game inside the newly rechristened Richardson Stadium, the first game on the beautiful new turf with the beautiful new waterfall and the beautiful visiting stands. If you were there, I can only imagine the atmosphere. If you were like me watching online, regardless of... It, what what cannot be denied is the fact that what you saw out of head coach Adam Durrell and his football team was nothing more than a statement game on many fronts. It was a statement for, for the type of football that he wants to bring to Edmund, a tough, physical, bruising style of football. It was a statement game for defensive coordinator Brandon Knightenberg's unit right there holding uh, Emporia State to 0 of 5 on fourth downs. It was a statement game for safety Raekwon Wicks, uh, who just had a tremendous football game. It was it was a statement for that interior, the offensive line. Uh, after after being being a sore spot last year and last week, turned in their 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 best performance in quite some time. Uh, most importantly, it was a statement game for quarterbacks to farm Brown. Steph, again, we all know he's a dear friend of the podcast. I just, what we saw him do out there in that football game, uh, it it if you it just it just it brought if you're a true football fan, what he displayed out there should have brought a tear to your eye because that man fought hard every snap, every carry he had. He put it on the line. To help the team win, like you look at that first touchdown, man, man got broke three, four tackles, lost his helmet. Like he had the late touchdown run, stiffed on the man, got hit late in that. Um, he was battling cramps. I, I don't. He was puking up something. I don't know what it was at points in that ball game. You, you just you have to respect a man that is willing to go out there and lay it on the line like that to do everything in with physically within his power to will his team to win. If you recall, if you're a longtime listener, former head coach Nick Bobek, when I one of the very first encounters when he brought up Chad Stowler was how Chad Stowler at times willed the team to win. And I I saw a few games of Chad Stowler towards the towards the end. And I take nothing away from Chad Stoller because Chad Stoller is an all-time great. I have much respect for him. 
He was a tremendous quarterback, but he he had the luxury of having three really good receivers and J.P. Looper, Lelia Curry, and Josh Crockett also had the luxury of having one of the best running backs in school history. And um, Clay McKenzie, he, he also had the luxury of having a really good offensive line, probably the best offensive line that UCO has had in roughly a decade. Uh, and so he had a lot to work with. Now, I'm not saying that what Steph has is his talent list, but you compare what Chaz had later on towards the end to what Steph had, and it's it's night and day just in terms of sheer experience. Uh, I just think what we saw out of Steph was probably the grittiest, uh, most toughest performance I've seen out of a UCL quarterback. Probably in my time covering. I think if you were to ask me prior to that, it was Keith Calhoun last year against Walsburn. Forever have my respect for the way he fought tooth and nail in that ball game. I uh, was just getting destroyed in that in that ball game and, and still had UCO driving before an unfortunate pick there uh, ended the game. I, it, it, what is just what you saw out of Steph? It 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 is different. If you go back. 2021 signing day when he signed, okay? And, I, and I, I was telling you the man is different. The man is different. When, when he came on and said he got cleared the week of the Southern Nazarene scrimmage, practiced a few days, led a fourth quarter comeback, that is different. When, when everybody that we've talked to had brought him up unprovoked, mentioned the leadership that the man brings that is different. And you can't tell me that that, that that first touchdown, seeing the man out there firing tooth and nail for every yard did not inspire that ball club because I'm telling you what we saw in the second half of that, for that football game uh, was some of the most physical, toughest football I have seen out of a UCL ball club. In quite some time, if we're being honest, probably the last time I saw it, that physical of a game was the Washburn game 2019, where Chandler Garrett uh, pretty much did a poor man's impression of Steph on that final drive uh, to get Alex Covado the game winning field goal. It it it, it just it was it was uh, it was not pretty. Okay, it it really was not a pretty game. And that's just what we got to get used to this year. I think if, if UCO wins, it's, it's not going to be pretty. Uh, it's it's going to be pretty much, I, I suspect, how it is. We're going to be in the low mid-20s probably, uh, and our defense is going to have to hold the team to either 20 or below probably for us to win ball games. But I, I think we've seen it's 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 possible. Uh, Emporia was coming off a game where they scored 42 points. Now, granted, it was against... Uh, North, North, Northeastern State, but they still scored 42 points. And, and for Coach Brendan Lichtenberg, I have to give him a shout out too, because for that defense, the, as hard as they played last week, they gave you still a chance in that in in that ball game. They improved the tackling. Now there was there was a missed tackle that we'll get through in the recap. The tackling was improved. The middle of the field coverage was 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 in was uh, uh, substantially better. But the, the stat to me, I don't care about the yards. Uh, the defense is going to give up some yards. I do not care about the yards. The stats to me here, the, 
0-5 on fourth downs. That will win you a lot of games. They also had a couple of third and shorts that they were able to, to, to hold the stand there. They had another red zone turnover on downs. That the second red zone stop in 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 two games. I just that unit is playing extremely good football, and it's scary because that back seven has a has a has a lot of new faces in there, and, and the, the fact that that they able to do what they did with a lot of new guys out there. I saw Jason Harris out there. It's so good to see that man back on the football field. Saw him out there flying around making plays. Saw Marlo Hughes flying around out there making plays. We saw Zion Bell out there flying around making making plays. Uh, we saw Blake Barron flying around out there making plays. Uh, there was uh, uh, was it was it Chris Herman out there flying around making making plays. And a lot of guys were making plays. I if you remember last week, it was Kobe Stevens. That really was the player of the of the game without 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 question was making plays. You look, you look Thursday. It was Raekwon Wicks. Raekwon Wicks again, another tremendous story. I believe it was a walk on out of Southmore. If you recall, got a scholarship last year before the season opener. Then proceeded to have the game winning pick uh, in that Missouri Western game last year uh, and. and this year is a team captain represented the team along with our, our other dear friend Dante McGee at uh, conference media day. Raekwon Wicks, a, a, a tremendous game in on both defense and special teams. Uh, man, have some 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 big tackles in there. Uh, it just it just it was a gritty win. Uh, you know we, when we had the highlight video dropping 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 tomorrow. Not gonna not gonna lie to you. Uh, when I you know went back and and and, and watched it after 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 editing, uh, they, 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 I did tear up because that 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 was a hard fought physical win, and you could tell that those guys were playing not for themselves but for but for each other. Uh, you know, if you look. Antonio Jr. Smith, the true freshman running back out of Union, he had his red shirt burned. Looked pretty good. Um, but again, just, just you know, it was the next man up. He stepped up. He had a really good game. Obviously, you know the game Steph had. Jalen Cottrell, uh, I mean, was just dragging guys. Uh, the Sear Kemper probably, you know, if we're looking at the, the second biggest impact offensively, I think he had almost 100 yards of, of receiving. I just had was was a monster on the on the on the screen game. I was glad we finally able to see what he can do. I believe that uh, Sir Kemper uh, will be a, a a good back. Okay, he'll 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 he will he'll be a a good a good back, uh, especially until the receiving unit can can come along. I, we were better we were better in the past game. I think there's still work to do. In the past game, I think we still got to get the receiver unit. We, we got to get better. I, I we need to see more out of Diego, out of Diego Richards as well. Uh, we need to see more out of Bizelda Fourth as well. Uh, and, and also, you have to give credit to the interior of that offensive line: uh, Lane Grantham, Montreal Lee, Kellen Culberson. And I feel like there was another guard on that play that I, I, I'm drawing a blank on at this point. A fantastic game. 
most of the successful runs came in the middle of the of the of the field. Also have to give a shout out there for Noah Dobson, as the old man pointed out, had a much better, better game uh than he did against Missouri Wester. I still think that that the tackle unit as as a whole still gotta improve. Uh, I feel like there was still too much pressure coming at Steph from the from the outside there. But it, it was a much better outing. Uh, I'm happy for for uh, Coach Doral and and that and that and that staff there uh, to get that win because that was a hard fought win that 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 was that was a tough hard nosed win uh, and it it just uh, you know it's 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 good it's it's good to see the improvements are already happening now I think here what your concern is if you're a UCL fan. We 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 were feeling some type of way last year after that Missouri Western game. And if you recall when Lane Grantham came on here, he kind of admitted they put too much into that win, and 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 it it kind of it it bit them because they kind of got overconfident. It didn't, and it, it hurt them there. They had that had that slump before they got that three game winning streak. Uh, so I, I know that that's been a focal point of of Steph that he's trying to make sure that the guys' heads are right with again just tremendous leadership. Uh, and and I, I would suspect, especially next week, they're going to play Missouri Southern. We know what happened last year. I hate to repeat it, but if you are new here, last year that was a fourteen to ten loss at home for UCO. UCO was leading that game ten to seven. To the final moments when Daniel Bauman uh, got burnt on a touchdown pass with like ten seconds left, uh, by far the worst loss I have seen in my time covering for UCO. Missouri Southern is is one of the few teams that UCO, in my opinion, should never lose to, uh, and the fact that they lost to them, and the fact that they lost to them the way they did, and at home. Uh, it it was very upset. That was probably the first time I think I was truly angry, angry after a game at the team because like it's it's just there, there's there's like a standard I feel like and and that's that did not live up to the to the to the standard. So I I, I think we have to be cautiously optimistic. Missouri Southern that is a tough ball club, if you recall. Uh, during conference media day, head coach Adam Doral was praising how that program was being built there by uh, I think his last name is Bradley. I think um, again, building it similarly to how Coach Doral is building his program through through freshmen and and through uh, development. Uh, when we get to the uh, preview portion here, we will see what they were able to accomplish tonight on the corners on Saturday night. I had to wait because unlike everybody else. North, uh, they they played their game uh, on a Saturday and not on Thursday, so I had to wait to get the numbers in the conference standings. Uh, and, and I guess before we get into the recap here, it, it was also it was brought to my attention during the UCO game because I get various text messages during the UCO game. I also appreciate those on Twitter that liked and retweeted and supported the live tweeting. I really do appreciate that. And my plan to continue to do that for the duration of the of the season. It was brought to my attention, though, 
that Missouri Western went on the road at Fort Hayes. Now, if you recall last year, I said UCO's most impressive win was on the road against Fort Hayes. Fort Hayes is a notoriously hard place to play, a notoriously big physical football team. They were up in that game 35 to 7 on the road in, in Hayes, Kansas. Uh, Fort Hayes will try to fight back, but lost that game by 16. So that honestly makes the Missouri Western loss not look as bad. Okay, because of the fact that you if if Fort if Fort Hayes allowed 35 points, I think that was at some point in the third quarter, and UCO only had 21 points allowed heading heading to the fourth. I think that should tell you a lot about the defense uh and 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 what we can what we should be expecting out of that of that of that unit because that unit can win us a lot of ball games. Uh that, that defensive line is deep. It is tough. Uh you got you got you got guys like like Noel West out there, uh Robert uh, Robert Fuentes, Michael Slater, Hunter Largent, Zane Adams, Julius Coach. Uh, Gervasi, I think his name was Brunson. Uh, I see, I see Vaca was out there. As it was, it was, it was very, it's very good to see him getting, getting more reps out there. Uh, as you know, I have been high on Vaca since the, since the day that he signed. Same with Montreal Kozar has gotten out there. I've been most pleased with Mike Pope Jr. And uh, we have Mike Pope Jr. on. I know he, he he was determined to prove that he should get more reps than he got last year. I, I think that he is definitely on the right track there by doing that. And, and so I just think when you if you take a step and look back now, Missouri Western is looking to be a really good ball club this season. So the fact that UCL was indeed in that in that ball game uh until really late when the defense got worn down here. Especially given the offensive struggles and the fact that they had trouble with quarterback and Tain uh, and defending the middle of the field, I think is very promising for the rest of the of the season. But getting into the recap portion here, uh, UCO would start would uh, we had to kick off to Emporia first again. I I don't know where Jace is. He is currently MIA. Um, I, I would, I'll try my best to figure out what is going going on there. Uh, the opening drive for Emporia, uh, UCO will force a three and out. Uh, you know, UCO's first drive, they got a first down on the first snap, which is which is very good because it took UCO almost a quarter to get a first down last week. However, the drive would end on a false start on the fourth down, that would result in in a, in a punt. On the following drive, in doing his best Michael Slater impression from the Washburn game a year ago, Robert Fuentes made made a tackle on the employer running back wall lying on the ground. Again, it's just never ceases to amaze me what that defensive front is able to do on a football field. Uh, They were able to force a punt there um, after there was a high snap. The center snapped the ball over the quarterback's head. Uh, UCO was able to force the punt. However, Javion Dangerfield, the redshirt freshman out of Duncan, uh, you know, this is one of those learning moments, okay? If had he let the ball bounce, it more than likely would have been a touchback. Instead, he shouldn't afford a fair catch and fielded the punt at his own three. 
Uh, the on that same drive would be Antonio Junior Smith. Again, the freshman out of Union would get his first carry. Went on to have a fine day, as we be, as we will see when we get to the stats. Uh, Steph was able to avoid a sack. It was it was a beautiful sack. Um, however, they would have to punt the punt the ball. Uh, the punt would end up at the UCO forty one Emporia. Less than a minute later, would would find the end zone despite Mike Pope Jr. blatantly being held in front of a line judge. I don't know how that flag was not thrown. Uh, it was horrible officiating right there. Because uh, I get it. I mean, it was just a blatant hold. Uh, however, what was unfortunate about that was they scored on a wheel route given up by Von Derrick in the seven nothing six forty seven into the ball game. Now, it, again, as you recall, 2019 was brutal on the on the wheel routes. Uh, the linebacking unit was nowhere near as athletic as it has been the past two seasons. I remember at the time, then head coach Nick Bobek made it a point to go out there and recruit more athletic linebackers. And last season, the wheel route was rendered null and void. And there's a few times in this ball game where Emporia was able to hit the wheel route. I hope we get that fixed. Because I really do 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 not want a a repeat of 2019 where the wheel routes were just literally killing us. Because uh, we had we had gotten that fix and it was a very very refreshing fix. However, on the ensuing kickoff, Kobe Stevens had another big big return. I'm glad that someone decided that we need to make Kobe Stevens a permanent kick 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 returner. Uh, because again, when he had in Missouri West and those two or three returns right there, uh, was extremely promising. Uh, Peyton Thompson would check in at quarterback at during that a drive. However, on a third down, his pass was tipped and picked off at the UCL 50. That'd be the last time Peyton Thompson would take a snap in the football game. Uh, at the 410 mark, UCL would get the first of their five fourth down stops. Uh, however, the drive would end in a punt for UCO. Uh, 218 mark in the quarter. Jason Harris, again, it's just great to see the man out there. Uh, someone, I need trying to get on, but the man's Twitter is private. So, Jason Harris, I don't know if you're listening out there. Uh, you message your boy on Twitter. Uh, we got the info below. You can message me on Twitter. You can send an email to the uh, official podcast Gmail. But I would love to, have, love to bring you on. Uh, much like I did Marlo there, and 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 kind of have you share your 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 road back to the to the football field. Uh, but he had a TFL at the two eighteen mark, fantastic. Uh, shot through the gap, made TFL. Uh, UCO would get another stop on fourth down a few plays later at the one thirty six mark. That is, that was the second one of the day. Uh, at the 130 mark, Junior Smith would have a nice run, and that would pretty much end the quarter. A 7-0 Emporia State UCO had 58 yards of offense in that quarter. Now that might not sound like a lot, but as you recall last week, it took, it took them almost four quarters to get to that mark. So again, you already saw improvements there. Uh, you saw the defense had picked up where they left off at, and you saw the offense was at least showing signs of of life. Now the now the, the second quarter is where things picked up. Uh Steph had a first down run on the first play of the quarter. Then a few plays later, 
uh, Steph would hit Kemper on a screen on third down. The Seer would take it to the 10. That is where Steph would have probably the best touchdown run I have seen of a UCO Bronco. Uh, Steph, again, we had the highlight video up there uh, on YouTube, on the YouTube channel tomorrow. Actually, we should have the player of the week highlight video up as well later on today. Hint, hint, you probably know who, who, who this is. So you will see the clip. Uh, it, 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 it just, it, it just was, I mean, the run was fantastic. The words just not do it justice. Uh, they were tired after it took Nicky Cavado three kicks to hit one extra point because of two procedural penalties. So it was a tie game at the 11.46 mark. Then uh, Raekwon Wicks here had the special teams play of the day, in my opinion. Well, one of the two players of the day. Uh, the Covado kick would lay inside the foul on the kickoff. Raekwon Wicks would make a great tackle at the Emporia 12. The Emporia would go three and out. However, UCO's following drive would end in a, in a punt. They would then force a three and out when Emporia would get a 50-yard punt of their own down the ball inside the 11-yard line. UCO would muster a drive, but a Diego drop would lead to a punt. I think that is the second straight game. Diego had a drop that resulted in a end of drive for UCO. We got to get get that uh, get that fixed there. And then at the 356 mark, uh, Karshawn Murray Jr., had a big third down break. I was I was pleased by the improvements there. Carson Murray out of Dell City as well, I believe. Uh he he had some missed tackles too there last last week. Uh much, much better alley tackling. And then the next play, it was the third, fourth down stop. Raekwon Wicks, a just tremendous tackle. Uh he threw at the man. He, he cut the quarterback down where the quarterback was trying to trying to scramble out there. Raekwon Wicks. Hit the man low. The man flipped. Chase Faber almost destroyed the man. It was fantastic. Uh, that would give UCL the ball at the own 49. However, the drive would end in a punt. And UCL would go into half with a 7-7 tie. Uh, holding Emporia to 2 or 10 on third downs or 3 on fourth. And UCL would have 130 yards of offense which I feel like was the same, was more equal to about what they had through four quarters last week. So again, you had to be encouraged at that at that, at that that point by what you saw in all three phases, offense, defense, and special teams. And you were just hoping that the offense would be able to sustain enough drives in the second half, particularly in that third quarter to keep the defense fresh for the home stretch. Uh, UCO would open the ball. We would get the ball first to open up the third quarter. They had a decent drive. Big 17-yard catch there to Dante McGee on a third down. However, the drive would then end in a punt. Emporia would score on the next drive. Now, this is this is now, this is probably about the uh, most egregious error of a missed tackle because they did one of those uh one of those one-man screens out there. And I will say, I will say, Emporia's quarterback, who's from Muldrow, Brandon Gleason, was probably the worst man I have seen throwing a swing pass since David Ash of Texas, which is probably a throwback to a lot of people. 
Uh, it, it, I, the majority of his swing passes went to the dirt. I, I, do, I don't understand that. I never understood how you can't throw a swing pass, but uh, he was bad at him. Uh, but regardless, um, the receiver would 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 break a Kobe Stevens tackle, would be off to the races, seventy nine yards for a touchdown. Uh, they would, however, miss the extra point. Uh, they would take a six point lead, thirteen to seven. The following drive for UCO would end in a punt. Uh, at the eight twenty two mark on the next drive, UCO would get a third down stop on a third and one. Uh, that was with then result in a punt. Uh, the following drive, Monsieur Kemper would have a 17-yard run negated by a chop block, which is unfortunate. They ended the drive. However, David Vargas, the Swazoo transfer from Guthrie, has just had two immaculate games. He had this punt was down inside the one-yard line at the 5-11 mark. That would be the last play of note as Emporia would be leading, entering the 4-13-7. Now, again, at this point, you had to be concerned offensively because, again, here we go with a penalty negating a promising drive. But you also had to be encouraged by the fact it was only a six-point game this time instead of a 21-point game as it was last week. And the offense was at least able to get the defense some breaks in that, in that, in that, in that quarter. Now, I don't know what Coach Doral said, what Steph said on the sideline between the third and the fourth quarter, but the fourth quarter was definitely the best quarter of football UCO has played all season. It started very early in that in that fourth, uh, at the fourteen forty nine mark, where UCO would get the fourth fourth down stop of the game. Hunter Largen, the big three forty five pound nose guard out of Noble. I was hamming that way. It might have been Noah West. I just, just was in the face of Brandon Gleason, laid the poor man out as he threw the ball to the to the UCO sideline. UCO uh, would, then, would then muster a drive here uh, as there was a big screen pass to uh, the Sheer Kemper. Again, the screen passes was about the best thing UCO had in the, in the past game. Uh, then a, in a play later, Steph on a quarterback run would get UCO down into the red zone. I believe that was the run where Steph ran over Nasir, hopped over a guy which might have been uh, Kemper and, and would have been gone if he was not tripped up again. Just Steph doing everything within his power there to, to, to roll him to the game. Uh, at the 11-10 mark, it was a fourth down. Uh, UCO had called a timeout. I think they were debating about taking the field goal to going forward. Uh, Coach Doral, uh, Coach Adam Lechtenberg, and Coach James Curley came up, came up with, with a great play call, which is the play call that Emporia tried but could not connect on. Was a swing pass uh, to Nasir Kemper in the flat, wide open, walked into the end zone. Would give UCO a 14-13 lead at that point. Uh, then UCO would get another big third down stop at the 10-minute mark. Noah West would get, uh, what I believe was the lone sack of the day, uh, which, which, would, which would force a punt. Uh, on that following drive, it started off with a good Andrew Carney run, the freshman fullback out of Collinsville. I think, again, somebody that's going to have a very bright future in a UCO uniform. Uh, Steph would then, at the 7-4 mark, Get a nice 
15 yard run on I think it was a draw. Uh, we would get get them to a, to a first down, which is then on the next play when Jalen Cottrell uh, had a nice run, ran through a couple of a couple of people, dragged a defender, or as Todd Listenby said, uh, drag draggling, drangling, draggling a guy um, for a substantial gain. Then shortly after that, at the five fifteen mark, Stephon Brown would add the final touchdown of the game. On a 20-yard one on a read option keeper, again, where he was stiff on a man five yards into the into the end zone there. I gave UCO a 21-13 lead at that point. So you had to be feeling really encouraged there because the offense had two scoring drives. Um so it would and they had long scoring drives, was able to get the defense fresh. Or the defense would come up, come up big at the 240 mark. Uh, they would have a pass breakup. Then uh, they would have on the next play, employer would make a catch, but because it was goal, it was short. They would then call the timeout. It was actually big because at that point they had all three timeouts. They burned one, so they only had two. At the 218 mark, uh, UCO would get the fifth, fourth down stop of the of the game. It was the red zone stand. Uh, Brandon Gleason would have time. The pocket would start to collapse. He would roll to his to his right at the last second before he crossed the line of scrimmage. Would just throw it to, to in, into the end zone, where it was deflected by a number of Broncos, uh, led by Raekwon Wicks, that would give you sort the ball inside their own ten. However, the freshman Junior Smith would get a first down run at the 202 mark, allowing UCL to run out the clock by taking knees. And getting the first win under head coach Adam Doyle, a 21-13 come from behind win over Emporia State. If we're looking at the stats on the day, uh, first for Emporia State, 16 first downs, 57 yards rushing on 24 carries, uh, uh, averaging 1.7 yards a carry. So again, just a fantastic defensive effort by the front seven in the run game. On uh, the pass game, 411 yards. Total offense, 468 on 77 plays. Again, I think the defense, the the the, the pass defense seemed to be a tad bit worse. Ivon Derry, the Bucknell transfer. And I ain't gonna lie to you there, similar to Amante Davis last week, Von Derry kind of got cooked there during during that during that football game. Uh the secondary, I think it I think the defense as a whole is going to give up yards. I just think where the defense is going to have their bread and butter is getting the key stops on third and fourth downs and, and in the red zone. Because again, I don't care. You you can march up and down the field the whole game. Whether you're not scoring touchdowns, it's hard to win. If you, because uh, this is Saturday, anybody that watched that Texas Bama game, you you understand that exactly. Texas was able to have sustained drives, come away with either three or no or no points. And what happened? They lost the ball game. Um, let's see here. Uh, we have miscellaneous. Emporio was six of nineteen on third down. A fantastic defense. Or a five on fourth downs again, fantastic. A uh, one of two in the red zone again, fantastic. And notched one sack. There were one or two on PATs for UCO. Eighteen first downs. A uh, six yards side of two hundred yards rushing. 
of 48 carries. So again, I just expect a lot of this. There was some I formation. There was some offset I formation. There was some ace formation. So just expect a lot of downhill running from this from, from this offense. Uh, Average a healthy four yards a carry. Uh, through the air, 152 yards, 246 yards of offense, uh, 79 plays. Uh, if we go down here, uh, UCO won the time of possession battle by about 11 minutes. So, again, keeping that that, that defense fresh. Uh, 7 of 21 on third downs has got to improve. 101 on fourth. 3 of 3 in the red zone, all being touchdowns, which is, which is just fantastic. Uh, and they also lost a sack, as you mentioned earlier, by Noah West. Looking at the individual numbers here, uh, Stephon Brown leading the way through the air, 16 of 25, 122, one touchdown, along a 26, Peyton Thompson, 2 of 5, 30 yards, interception, long of 32, and then on a halfback pass, Monsieur Kemper was 0 of 1 on the ground. Stephon Brown leading the way, 17 carries, 102 yards, two touchdowns, only lost one yard. So again, I just credit the Coast Bro in that offensive line unit uh, right, right, right there. Long at 19, six yards of carry. Antonio Jr. Smith in his first college game, 14 attempts, 61 yards, lost no yards. Uh, long at 12, 4.4 yards of carry. Nasir Kemper, seven carries, 20 yards. Again, lost no yards. Long of 11, 2.9 yards of carry. Jalen Cottrell, three for 20, did not lose any yards. Long of 17. 6.7 yards of carry. Andrew Carney, one for seven. Seven yards of carry. Now, where we where the problems lie here is trying to run to the outside. Now, I have to give Coach Curley, Coach uh, Adam Hickenberg some credit. They have done a lot of play calls to try to get the ball into the hands of Dante McGee and Diego Richards. Now, it has worked with Dante to an extent. With Diego, we're trying these jet sweeps, and it's just, it's not there because it tackles. It still got it. We got it. It was better, but we still got to improve on that because at some point we're gonna have to be able to run the ball outside, and we're just not there yet. Now they did run some outside. Noah Dobson side had some success, but we still need we still need better out of both him, Hector Becerra, and Cooper McCoy. And Matt Gardner as well. I think they they all played some form of tackle or guard. We just need more. Uh, but again, Thursday was a good start. So Diego, two carries uh, for negative four yards. And then Peyton Thompson, obviously, he had a sack. Receiving-wise, Nasir Kemper, 6'6", six, six catch, 92 yards, one touchdown. Along a 32. Diego Richards, 4 for 21. Along a 16. Dante McGee, one for 19. Jacob Delso, two. Two for 12, along with 13. Oscar Hammond, the first tight end out of Collinsville, one for five. Andrew Carney, one for five. And then Cottrell had two catches for uh, zero yards, had a long of six. Punting the ball, David Vargas, again, fantastic. Uh, Punted the ball 11 times, though. But he had a long of 50, and he had five down inside the 20. I just, best punting we've had since Jay Tedesco back in 2019. I then on the kickoff returns, Kobe Stevens had two for 57, a long of 37. Again, I think going to break one 
at some point this season. Looking at the defensive numbers, Wakequan Wicks again, as I say, if it was not for Steph, fantastic historical outing. I think Raekwon Wicks would have had a great case for uh, player of the week. Seven tackles, one TFL. Noah West, five tackles, two TFLs, one sack. Jonathan Mosley, four tackles, one breakup. Cody Stevens, four tackles. Kaishaw Murray Jr., four tackles, half TFL, one breakup. Connor Johnson, four tackles. Robert Fuentes, three tackles. Now, I will say, Robert, there, there's a clip going, going, going around Instagram. On a kickoff, Robert Fuentes ended a man's life on a on a kickoff. Uh, it just it just uh, it, it, if again again if you've seen Robert play, this this is this is no surprise. But uh, it it uh, if you've not seen that clip, I just just I'm sure it's floating around there somewhere. I would advise you to go check that out because uh, it's it sums up Robert. <clears throat> Marlo Hughes, three three tackles. Dylan Buck, high three tackles, one TFL. Jason Harris, three tackles, one TFL. Chase Faber, three tackles, one breakup. He actually almost had a pick on that on on that breakup. That was a, he's done. A Brandon Lechtenberg was high on him when we talked to him. So far, I I, I see why. Uh, Monte Davis, two tackles, one breakup was was much better than he was last week. Raymond McGuire, two tackles. Marco Domeo, two tackles. Julius Coach, two tackles, a half TFL. Hunter Largen, two tackles, a quarterback hurry. Michael Slater, two tackles, a quarterback hurry. Uh, Blake Blake Barone, I think it's how you pronounce his name, two tackles. Von Derry, one tackle. Trayvon Craig, one tackle. Peyton Thompson, one tackle. Mike Pope, one tackle. Davis McDonald, the uh, redshirt sophomore. Out of Sulphur, one tackle. Zion Bell, again, very, very, very funny dude. Also had a tackle in the ballgame. So, uh, again, there's a lot to be excited about. However... However, it is all for naught if UCL does not build upon this year as they travel to take on Missouri Southern and Joplin Saturday. Missouri Southern uh, lost the season opener. And I will say they, they lost. We know how good Kearney is. We know how good quarterback P.J. Davis is. He's been described as a D2 version of Lamar Jackson. They only lost on the road to Kearney 24-7. Then... Earlier to 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 today, they were in Tahlequah, a take on our dear rivals Northeastern State in their home opener. Now it was a close game for three quarters. It was tied at thirteen heading into the fourth. However, Missouri Southern would outscore the Riverhawks seventeen nothing in the fourth to take a thirty to thirty to thirteen win. Uh, the defense for uh, Missouri Southern would force four fumbles and two picks. So uh, UCL better have the ball security on point. Looking at some of their key players from the past two games, you've got quarterback Dawson Hurl, 6'4", 219. You recall he was the man that threw the game-winning touchdown pass last season from, from Missouri Southern. He went on to set single-season freshman school records in every passing category pretty much. So I guess that's some constellation prize. I mean, the loss was still awful, but... 
Uh, versus Northeastern State, he was 11 of 18 for a buck 48, at a 61% completion percentage. Uh, the running back, <clears throat> Nathan Glades, 5'10, 195, uh, was the workhorse in the ball game. 20 carries for a buck 36, three touchdowns, long of 56, and almost seven yards carry, which, you know, is fine because the way the run defense played, Against Emporia right now, I'm really, I'm really encouraged by that. And I will say they do have some receivers. Now, if you recall back, way back in 2019, when I I was doing my research, back when they had uh, Jeff Sims, he pretty much brought his whole Garden City team with him. They do have a few holdovers. One of them is 6'7 receiver Dwayne Lawson, the former Under Armour All-American four-star quarterback that signed with the Virginia Tech. That that's that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a matchup problem, uh, as well as 6'4 receiver Ezekiel Lane, 6'4 197, against uh, Eastern State, four catches, 84 yards long, a 35, 21 yards per catch. You also have a Rice transfer, Chris Bordeaux, 6'4", 162, 3 for 68 tonight, along a 36, 22.7 yards per catch. Uh, defensively looking at them, they are led by Richard Jordan Jr., the tackling machine out of Georgia. I believe he is a legacy player there. 5'11", 209, so built more like a, like a, a safety, but... Uh, it's just one of those, one of those Dylan Dylan Buck height. Like he's he's just a gamer. Forget the measurables, forget the speed. Just put on the tape. Man had 16 tackles against Kearney, 11 tackles against Northeastern State. So he was in two games, man got 27 tackles. I would suspect he will be around the ball a lot. Uh, and then looking on the defensive front, there the best defensive lineman, Solomona. Fatuo, 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 6'3", 268. Uh, he had three TFLs against North Northeastern State and on the season, at least the team with two sacks. I think if we're UCO again, we can get the ground game going. Uh, we should be able to open up the pass game. Now, I do know Missouri Southern, <clears throat> the way that they're, they're, they're building that, that, that defensive roster, eerily similar to how... Uh, Mark Stoops at Kentucky has built his. Uh, they got tall, rangy dudes there in the secondary. Uh, the few of their corners are six foot or taller. So um, that might affect the pass game more. I'm not sure. But if they're able to get the, get the run game going, they should be able to get the screen game going there. Uh, should make things uh, a, a, lot, a lot easier across the board. I think defensively, uh, the defensive line can slow down Nathan Glades here. I think we still want Dawson Hurl to have to beat us passing the ball. Um, they have some size at wide receiver. Now, I know Amante Davis. I believe he's six foot one. Um, I, I, I just, I just, I'm always worried about them because it just them, them and Emporia always have some big body. Uh, wide receiver that don't necessarily match up well with the size of you, you, you see those corners but if we get the defensive line that front seven get the pass rush i do what we did against missouri western and emporia there where we get the pass rush affect the pass i think we should be able to have 
more success there on the defensive side of the ball. I think offensively, we definitely got got to got got, got to hold on hold on to the football. Either have nice long sustained drive. I de- I doubt I doubt they have a lot of depth similar to to uh, North Northeastern State. So I think if we able to have long sustained drive, we can wear them down by the fourth quarter and some big plays might be able to happen for us uh, offensively. But I think that that's a game. At least if Steph has anything to say about it. Uh, we should see you still coming out there uh, again, still having a lot to prove. I, I know that loss last year has to rub the guys that are back the wrong way. I would think there'd be some added uh, momentum, some 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 added added motivation to go in there and not only win that game, but win that game convincingly. Uh, Missouri Southern, again, is no there's no pushover. Uh, they're, 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 they're going to play hard. Uh, they're they're, they're going to play hard for four quarters, uh, and and they're going they're going to give UCL all they can handle. I can go ahead and stream with that that or that right now. That that is a well coached uh, a ball club that plays hard. So I'm really look, looking looking forward to uh, seeing that game this Saturday in Joplin. Uh, rounding out the episode here before we get out of here, conference standings first conference standings update. I have waited at least until week two update the standing so uh to, to uh no surprise the cream cream of the crop here in northwest missouri uh 2-0 on the season pitt state 2-0 on the season had a tough had a tough win over kearney today 35 to 28 there i believe that game was in pittsburgh kansas uh wasburn 2-0 on the season as in missouri western again that 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 loss might not be as bad as it has seemed in the moment. Uh, UCO at one and one, Emporia one and one, Kearney now one and one, Missouri Southern one and one, and then rounding out the pack, Northeastern State 0 and two, Chester Missouri 0 and two, Fort Hayes. Now you might be saying, "Wow, Fort Hayes must be down there 0 and two. They had the unfortunate draw of playing Northwest Missouri and Missouri Western, so." Uh, they did not have the easiest of teams to start the season off against. And then Lincoln at 0-2. So again, a lot of promise what we saw out there Thursday. I just hope, unlike last year, that the, that the, we don't we don't take a step back on that, that we can build off that, continue to take strides. Again, we see the offensive line continue to improve. We get to see more tackle improvement there. I had to Sarah, Noah Dobson, Matt Gardner, and Cooper Cooper McCoy. We can develop a consistent pass game outside of the screen game. Uh, I think will do wonders for the uh, for the for the for the offense as a, as a whole. And I, I'm just I'm glad they were able to score. I'm glad they were able to get to, to get a win. Now that team knows what it what it takes to win. They know what a win feels like. And I, I if 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 Steph has anything to say about it, this is not going to be be they they they, they, they last. So I'm really looking forward 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 to it. There, I do plan to be at the next home game. I believe, which is the following week when they played Northwest Missouri, which uh, as we know, obviously it's, it's going to be a very interesting game. I know, I know a lot will be made of it 
um, given the ties that Coach Bro has. But I'm really looking looking forward to that game. I'm looking forward to Missouri Southern. I just hope we don't overlook them uh, because obviously that's a, a big game for not only Coach Bro but for the program as a, as a whole there. Uh, so I, I, we need leaders to make sure we do not overlook Missouri Southern because as we, as we saw last year, <clears throat> they can pull the upset. They are a tough ball club. Uh, and they will not quit. So, looking looking forward to see what we do. I'm just I'm glad UCL is, is in the win column here. And again, that staff performance you did you can't say enough good things about it. Uh, and just from the team as a as a as as a whole, uh, it just showed a lot of heart. Just showed a lot of lot a lot of grit and showed a lot about what Coach Doyle said in that intro press conference about him he's wanting the guys to play for each other and and, and you, you're seeing that you're seeing the physical brand of football that he wants to bring uh you're seeing the the player-led leadership that he wants to bring you're seeing it already two games in you're seeing it take hold and that's very 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 promising we just have to continue to build off that and i'm looking forward to seeing that happen through the course of the season so Highlight video dropping tomorrow there over on the Choso Podcast Network YouTube channel. That link is in the description. We also will be having the uh, Choso Player of the Week announcement later on tonight as well as that highlight video dropping over on the YouTube channel. Uh, and then obviously below if you want to follow me on Twitter or you want to contact the show, the contact info is below as well. Uh, until next week. My name is Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth. I'll talk to you all later.